Hey guys, it's Sim and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited as we are here on the 14th of September 2020 to talk about everything that went down tonight on Monday Night Raw. Sorry about that little hiccup there at the start. I changed some stuff around. Hopefully my microphone sounds better now than it has recently. But I changed some stuff around and it messed up the audio settings and my recorder and whatnot. But we're good now. We're good to go. Let's go. We got Monday Night Raw to talk about, and I want to thank all of you for being here with me. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. Remember, we're here every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sometimes on the weekend, sometimes Tuesday of SmackDown's on Tuesday, Thursday of NXT or USA or, or AEW's on Thursday. We're here all the time on Twitch. If you miss any of these shows on Twitch, though, you can always check them back over on our website or on our YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And remember, if you are here live on Twitch, you can support us a couple of different ways. Of course, you can hit that follow button. That always helps. But you can also subscribe or donate bits. If you want to subscribe, you can subscribe a couple of different ways as well, either with a tiered subscription or, or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. And if you have Prime Gaming, that gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel that you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And we would greatly appreciate it if that one subscription was given to us here at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But with that, we are here to talk about Monday Night Raw. So with that, we've got a number of things to talk about. And before we jump into Running down Raw, I do want to talk about uh, Retribution. I've seen a lot of people online, was Jason Jordan in Retribution? Was Jason? No. Tonight on, in Retribution, the main one, two, three, four, five people that we saw, Dio Madden, Mia Yim, Shane Thorne, Mercedes Martinez, and Dominic Dijakovic. Those were the five main ones that we saw. And then when they cut that promo... A sixth person walked in. I'm not sure exactly who that is, but uh, John Pollock of Post Wrestling did confirm those five names were under the mask tonight. So we'll see if they are the ones to get unmasked. They did talk about how they are formerly recruits from the Performance Center. They said the Performance Center basically did them no favors or whatever, and we'll get into that as we get to that part of, of Monday Night Raw. And Raw, Raw kicked off looking... A little different, or more should I say, sounding a little different. Come on in, I Raw starts, and Michael Cole alerts us that Tom Phillips and Samoa Joe have the night off. Michael Cole will be filling in for Tom Phillips, and filling in for, for Samoa Joe, part of the show, was Dolph Ziggler. And I actually liked Dolph on commentary, and we got MVP later on commentary. And honestly, I also liked MVP on commentary. Both guys, different in between each other, different from what we're used to with Samoa Joe, but I liked them. I liked both MVP and Dolph Ziggler on commentary. Now, as far as the show as a whole goes, though, this show just felt long. This felt like one of the more long four-hour pay-per-views, to be completely honest. And then, when you really look at it, like, what news came out of this show? What news came out of this Monday Night Raw. There's no news that came out of this Monday Night Raw. The only thing that you can maybe say was newsworthy, oh, Braun Strowman showed up for Raw Underground. 
Like, if that's the most newsworthy, noteworthy thing coming out of your show, boy, boy, am I scared to see this rating. Especially going up against football. And I believe there is basketball tonight as well. I don't know. The Lakers don't play until the next round. So I, if it ain't the Lakers, I ain't keeping up with basketball for the most part. But I was a little disappointed by this show. But anyways, Drew McIntyre came out. And I was disappointed by Drew McIntyre. McIntyre comes out and they did this long recap of the angle with Randy Orton. And it was like almost 10 minutes into the show before he even spoke. McIntyre knew that Orton intended to do more than fracture his jaw. And Orton should be lucky that he, will, uh, he still has his head after last week. McIntyre was advised to take more time off. But he felt like that would be surrendering. Surrendering his title even so. McIntyre said that he's willing to go in and hurt, wrestle even if the doctors advise him not to. So my first question is, is this fucker not even cleared but going to wrestle? Are they going to let him wrestle not even cleared? Like, this makes no sense. How are they, how are they going to allow him to wrestle? He basically said, doctors have advised me not to wrestle. One more damaging blow to my jaw and all, it all could be over, is basically what he said. And I was like, what? To me, that sounds like bro not cleared. Like, at all. Like, I don't understand what that was supposed to be. Is it supposed to be, oh, I don't back down for nothing, blah, blah, blah. Like, no. No. Like, it was, it was ridiculous. So McIntyre proposed they have an ambulance match at Clash of Champions because clearly the rules don't apply to them anymore. McIntyre realized that Orton may not even make it to Clash of Champions now because McIntyre is the most deadliest weapon in all of sports and entertainment. McIntyre recalled coming up with the Claymore kick basically by accident a few years ago because his pants were too tight and he didn't want to rip the crotch. McIntyre showed an awful Photoshop of all his Claymore victims, including Brock Lesnar, and this was even worse than the one Randy Orton showed to be completely honest, to be completely honest. This was just bad. Then Adam Pierce finally comes out. And Adam Pierce, and, and, and there was even a graphic that said Adam Pierce, WWE official. So Pierce came out and said, hey, it's, it's, it's unclear if Randy Orton's going to make it to Clash of Champions, so we may need another challenger. Tonight you are slated to take on Keith Lee. If Keith Lee wins, he could become your challenger for Clash of Champions. So basically, it's if Keith Lee wins and Orton doesn't make it, Keith Lee gets the title shot. Why not if Keith Lee wins, he's just automatically entered in triple threat no matter what? Because that basically tells us, especially with the finish we got, Orton's making it. Orton's going to make it, goddammit. Like, this was just... This whole opening segment that went like 15, 20 minutes was just ridiculously unneeded. Because then Keith Lee comes out Shook hands with McIntyre. McIntyre was about to leave, and Lee pulled him in. Lee was about to leave, but McIntyre did the same. All of a sudden, we're just on a commercial. It's just cut to commercial all of a sudden. Like, what? That was it? It's just like, oh, strap for time. Commercial. Hit the button. Go to commercial. 
Are you kidding me? I don't know. This show seemed very off the wall, I guess you can say. So going forward, we had the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits, taking on the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, matching about 9 to 10 minutes. And I do got to say, at one point, we got a We Want the Smoke chant. Are we supposed to think... Here's my question. Are we supposed to think that these chants are coming from the actual crowd on the, on the uh, screens? Because we hear, We want the smoke. We want the smoke. We want the smoke. Right? We hear that. I don't see one of these mouths saying, We want the freaking smoke. Uh-uh. At all. Montez Ford went for a dive, but Cesaro and Nakamura caught him before dropping him hard on the edge of the barricade. This looked painful. Uh, like I said, as we went to a break, we came back uh, with We Want the Smoke chance. Angel Dawkins tagged in and hit Nakamura with a clothesline, spinning back elbow, and a T-bone suplex for a two. Cole noted that Dawkins has lost a lot of weight, and because of that, he's actually gotten faster. Nakamura came back with a sliding German suplex, but Dawkins caught him with a spine buster. Ford went for a frog splash, but Nakamura got his knees up, which led to a two. Cesaro used the big swing, and Nakamura hit a drop kick, but Dawkins broke up a cover. Cesaro kicked out of a schoolboy and hit a big uppercut for a near fall. He follows up with a series of uppercuts in the corner. Cesaro then hit a superplex, but Dawkins made a blind tag. Dawkins gave Cesaro a frog splash and just pinned him. Right there, clean victory. Picked up the win, okie dokie. That was it. Three Profits beat Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Joel Zaz. I hope it's... Uh, I always butcher your name. John Zaz. Yes, NXT is on Wednesday this week. Both NXT and AEW Dynamite will air on Wednesday this week. Now, the match itself was a good, solid tag team match by both sets of champions. I'm not dogging it on that. It was just like... Out of nowhere finish. Dawkins hits the frog splash on Cesaro after Cesaro hits a big move. Okay. Cool. So in the back, Lana spoke with Garza. Lana thought it was crazy that Mickey James was getting the title shot when it should have been Natalia. Garza started flirting with Lana, but was quickly interrupted by Zelina Vega and Andrade, so Lana left. Vega wasn't happy with all the recent actions going on between the two, or the three, actually. Garza was tired of being blamed for everything and noted that the golden boy Andrade was the one who got pinned. Andrade and Garza argued until Vega interrupted them. She said she couldn't do this anymore, and she stormed off. Garza shoved Andrade, and they brawled. And then again, just quickly, bloop, commercial. A couple of those just random straight-to-commercial deals. Uh, after that, we came back, and Dominic was shown with his family. His sister, his mother, his father. Her business came out to the ring. MVP said business was booming and put every guy over. Alexander said that everyone was throwing shade at him on social media for abandoning his brothers. Alexander said that this was just a job and he needed to be with success. Family doesn't need to know, uh, the fans didn't need to know what it was, doesn't know what it's like being beat up. Every single week by the three baddest dudes in the industry. Is it being with Ricochet and Apollo? Left him empty and broken inside. Apollo and Ricochet would come out. 
Cruz said that Alexander sold them out and was weak-minded. Cruz said they always had his back, but Alexander disagreed. Ricochet wasn't going to try the reason with him, but instead he said there was no talking with him. Ricochet said the Hurt Business is coming after him every week and nothing compared to what they would do. So then we got Cedric versus Ricochet. Match went about eight and a half minutes. Early in this match, Cruz attacked Benjamin on the outside after he tried to interfere. Ivar also ran down and attacked Bobby Lashley. They brawled, and Michael Cole said, these two will have a match later. Ricochet hit a nice super kick and a dragon suplex. Alexander avoided a dive and hit a Michinoku driver for a two. Alexander came back with a lumbar check and pinned him. Wasn't really much more to the match. A lot of good action, but it was just that good action. Nothing noteworthy, like a lot of the show. And yeah, the match was over with a lumbar check. Cedric beats Ricochet. Now, I'm going to say right now, I'm really liking the Hurt Business. I've liked him for a while. I liked him when it was just Bobby and, and MVP. Then they added Shelton. I'm like, oh, God, yes, they're doing something with Shelton. Then they've added Cedric. And Cedric's promo tonight was just great. I loved Cedric's promo. I think everything Hurt Business did tonight was just spot on. So the celebration of the Hurt Business was quickly interrupted by Retribution. Their logo was on all the screens, and then they cut a promo. They were, uh, there was initially five members, like I stated, and then a sixth man came up at the end. Even more members joined. Hurt Business watched their backs after the promo. They basically said something along the lines. I didn't write it down verbatim. But um, I have it. Um, I was talking to somebody about it on Twitter. I should have wrote it down, actually. But um, they basically said. Oh, where was it? I lost the quote. They said the performance center got them nowhere. And now they're out for retribution. Again, it was confirmed that it was Mia Yim, Mercedes Martinez, Dio Madden. Who was the other names? Hold on, let me, let me pull that back up. Dio Madden, Mia Yim, Shane Thorne, Mercedes Martinez, and Dominic Dijakovic. Sarah Schreiber would interview Mickey James. James did the whole, I love pro wrestling. It's been a long time since I got a shot at the title. The stakes are never higher than now. And this may be my last shot at the title, so I need to go out there and I need to make sure that I give it my all. That normal, I don't know if I'll ever get another shot again and I love, the, I love what I do, rah, rah, kind of promo. It was fine. He delivered it very well. Glenn Pierce then yelled at security. He was approached by the Hurt Business and said, hey, you got boys doing a man's job. How about we take care of retribution? And Pierce goes, well, I want to say thank you for volunteering. And he goes, whoa, 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 volunteering? Uh-huh. Send you an invoice or something like that. Or he said, we'll send you a bill. I thought that was pretty funny. Next up, we got Mickey James versus Asuka. And, you know, if you look at their last match, NXT TakeOver Toronto, that match was amazing. That match was phenomenal. That match was great. This match, not so much. He seemed out of, out of place a couple of times. 
And then I don't know what the finish was. So James was in control early, and Asuka took over with a knee and got a two off of it. Asuka missed a hip attack, and James caught her with a mitt kick, but Asuka fell to the outside, and they went to break. James used a Hurricane Rana out of the corner, but Asuka followed with a hip attack. James came back with a flapjack and used a Thez press off the turnbuckle for a two. They exchanged strikes, which Asuka got the better of after hitting a spinning back fist. Asuka followed this up with some yes kicks, and James blocked a Shining Wizard into a single-legged Boston Crab that she couldn't even get in barely. Like, she got the Boston Crab in, and then she just sat there. She didn't, like, go up and wrench it like we see. I I don't know what happened, but Mickey just was not the normal Mickey. I don't know if something happened, and she was just going with the flow. But even Dolph on commentary was like, Mickey ain't going to get nowhere with that Boston Crab if she doesn't actually, you know, cinch it in and pull back. Like, Dolph was criticizing her during the match. James then tried a, uh, already said that, Boston Crab, kind of roll up. James followed this up with a Mick kick, which barely hit. Well, actually, it looked like it missed. And Michael Cole said, well, well, you barely got that one. And Asuka got to the ropes off of two pin attempt. Uh, they showed a replay of James' mitt kick from before the break when she actually hit it, trying to get us to forget about the one she missed. Asuka then applied the Asuka lock, and James did the whole float over thing. Looked like she was trying to float over into a pin like we've seen with like Kyrie Sane due to the Karafuda clutch and so forth. But then she doesn't really float over right. Mickey's on her stomach, face first down into the mat. And then the ref just stops the match and says Mickey submitted. The referee or the announcers are very confused by this. Mickey gets up, looks very confused by this. I don't know what happened. It was very weird. Everybody was just confused. And it basically seemed like Mickey was trying to get out of the move. And then someone came over the headset and said, ref, just end the match. Mickey loses. Ring the bell. It was just... Very strange, and I have no clue what happened here. And hopefully we find out by morning, but it's just like, what was this finish? A match that was an okay at best match with this finish? Oh, no. Oh, no, no. People turning that TV off, switching their channels. And another thing that probably made them switch their channel, Lena Vega would come out and confront Asuka, basically stating that she wanted a shot at the championship. But as Vega is challenging Asuka, I noticed that the referee was checking on Mickey James at ringside. So I don't know if maybe Mickey got hurt because she tried to do that float over, right? And I don't know if maybe she, when she did the little flip back, she did it wrong and hurt herself. And that's why they stopped the match. But the referee was checking on Mickey on the outside as we were getting the whole Zelina Vega Asuka stuff going on in the ring. So that was very weird. Zelina Vega claimed that Asuka was just handed the title, one of the best this industry has in Becky Lynch. Asuka basically laughed in her face. Zelina Vega says that she has just done nothing well as a champion. She's given everybody championships, uh, title shots that doesn't even deserve it. And Asuka basically laughed, said a bunch of stuff in Japanese, and Zelina Vega slapped her. Asuka was about to go after Vega, and Vega ran away. So, yeah. 
guess maybe Oscar versus Zelina at the pay-per-view with the title on the line. I mean, that's the impression I got. Japan says Zelina got new music. No, it's just she didn't come out to Andrade's music. But I believe when she's done stuff on her own, like tag matches and whatnot, and some single stuff, she's had that music before. Pretty sure. Next up, U.S. champion Bobby Lashley took on Eric in a non-title match. Match went about two minutes. MVP joined commentary in place of Ziggler. Cole actually did talk about Ivar being injured. And MVP, excuse me, MVP took credit for it. He said, Cole, didn't you notice? Didn't you notice when Ivar went for that dive, I punched him right in the face? So I thought that was a, a nice little thing by MVP to throw in there. Eric hit a few knee strikes for a two on Lashley. But Lashley came back with a spine buster and a dominator for the near fall. At one point, Lashley was knocked down with a back elbow. Lashley then applied the hurt lock, his full Nelson. And, well, that was it. Eric had to tap out. Bobby Lashley picks up the victory. Sarah Schreiber asked Kevin Owens if he knew why Aleister Black has been targeting him. Owens said, no, I have no clue. Maybe it's something I said a few weeks back on the, the KO show. Maybe it's because he went to Hot Topic and they went on a 40% coupon for whatever screamo bandy likes for their t-shirt and whatnot. Or maybe because he sat in a dark room for over a year and a half asking for someone to fight him and nobody would. Owens says he doesn't care why. All he cared about was how he can inflict enough pain and punishment from Black to run back to his little hiding spot. He wanted Black to learn what happens when you pick a fight with him. He told Schreiber that he wasn't worried about, he wasn't worried because, quote, I'm Kevin Owens. After Owens left and walked off, Alistair Black appeared, smirked, and Owens cut a good promo here. I liked it. I thought he was really good. Braun Strowman would approach Shane McMahon outside the Raw Underground room. The brand split my ass. We already knew why Cesaro and Nakamura got to come to Raw, but why is the former Universal Champion and SmackDown Superstar just able to come to Raw? Is Raw Underground not brand split and anybody can be there? I don't know. He, uh, he would warn Shane not to step in his way and his path of destruction would be seen tonight. He wants Shane's best fighters. Shane let him in. And was very excited. Byron Saxton was beside himself trying to figure out why Strowman was here. Cole said anyone can show up for Raw Underground. Yeah, I guess. So a, a disheveled or sheepish Murphy approached Seth Rollins backstage in the locker room. Rollins was happy to see him at first. Murphy said he was ashamed as far as what has happened with him and the Mysterios, and especially what happened last week. Rollins understood and said it's all part of the process. Rollins said the steel cage match was the perfect opportunity to send a lesson. Rollins had an important role for Murphy. Murphy said he was ready for this. Rollins then smacked him, grabbed his face, pushed him up against the lockers as you stay back here. You don't come out there. You do not come out of ringside for this match. Am I understood? Murphy said, yes, sir. There was then a very weird and awkward Kit Kat commercial with R-Truth and Liv Morgan. Who spoke to the candy like it was a real person. Liv Morgan poked the candy uh, from the back of it, broke the candy, and yeah, that was it. Um, on commentary, they then officially announced, hey, Mandy Rose, 
coming to Monday Night Raw. She's calling it Monday Night Rose. Uh, Dominic told Charlie Caruso that he can't back down from any challengers. Ray said that he and Angie were probably more concerned about this cage match than Dominic himself. Ray said that Rollins was the one who needed to be worried. MVP, still on commentary. No Ziggler because we learned Ziggler goes to Raw Underground. So we get this cage match. Seth versus Dominic. It was about 12 minutes, and I thought the match was actually really good. Best thing on the whole show. Uh, Dominic had his mom, Angie, his dad, Ray, and his sister, Aaliyah, at ringside. Rollins stopped Dominic from escaping the cage a few times early on. Dominic then came back with a DDT for a two. Murphy appeared and handed Rollins a kendo stick. Rollins used it to attack Dominic. Ray seemed concerned, but didn't immediately go after Murphy. Actually, didn't really go after him at all. They abruptly, then another one of those whoop, 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 commercials. Out of nowhere, just random. Just boom, right in the middle of action. When he came back, Rollins rubbed Dominic's face against the cage, but Dominic fought back and tossed him into the side of the cage. Mysterio handed Dominic a kendo stick, and he used it on Rollins. Dominic repeatedly tossed Rollins into the cage before hitting a spine buster for a two. Rollins tried throwing him into the cage, but Dominic held on and started climbing. Rollins went up after him and crotched him on the top rope. Dominic swept the leg out from under Rollins and he crotched the top rope as well. Dominic then crawled towards the door as Ray was encouraging him. Ray then grabbed the arm of Dominic and started pulling him out the door as MVP said, whoa, hey, Ray's cheating. And so Murphy would run up, grab Ray and throw him into the barricade. Murphy then thought Dominic was still trying to get out of the cage door so he slammed the cage door shut, not realizing that Seth had overtaken Dominic and was trying to get out of the cage door. So Murphy hit Seth with the door. Murphy then tried to climb the cage, but Dominic knocked him off. Dominic gave Rollins a, a frog splash and only got a two off of it. Dominic tried crawling out, but Rollins caught him and hit him with a big superplex basically off the top of the cage and then into a falcon arrow for a near fall. Dominic tried a schoolboy as uh, Seth was taunting the Mysterios. Rollins then hit two curb stomps on Dominic and pinned him to win the match. I thought this was a really good match. Everything we've ever seen Seth and Dominic together always been really good. And yeah, I liked the match. One of the only things I did like on tonight's show. So afterwards, Ray jumped in the cage to check on Dominic as Rollins got out of the cage and attacked Murphy. He swung the door in Murphy's face and said, hey, you like how that feels? Rollins then left, and he told Angie that he hopes that, that she does a better job than him. Speaking of Aaliyah maybe being a better wrestler than Dominic. So Angie and Aaliyah go to get in the cage. Angie gets in the cage to check on Dominic, but before Aaliyah goes and gets in the cage, she stops on the bottom step of the ring steps and checks on Murphy briefly, which is very interesting. Wonder what that's going to lead to. He literally crouches down, caresses the arm of Murphy. I don't know if she said anything to him. I don't believe she did. And then she kind of was like, oh, and got in the cage with the rest of her family. Ray then started yelling for a medic. And we went to a Raw Underground. We get to Raw Underground. 
And Ziggler quickly submitted some random guy. I don't even know who it was. Riddick Moss then fought Ziggler next. As they fought, Strowman charged in and knocked them both down. Ziggler tried fighting back, but Strowman took him down again. Ty Caruso then interviewed McIntyre. He hoped that Lee would do everything he could to win this title. Uh, he knew that Lee was annoyed that he interfered in his matches previously with Randy Orton. And, well, Randy left him laying with an RKO. So, basically, Drew says, Now, I don't know if those RKOs would have actually beat Keith Lee, but we would never know. Because he was laid out before I ran in. Keith Lee would then interrupt. He told McIntyre that he didn't want him dragging his name and his reputation around like this. Lee recalled beating Norton the one time McIntyre didn't interfere at payback. Lee then thought that McIntyre was worried about him and him being a possible challenger. McIntyre said, I'm not worried. And Lee said that he should be. Lee was about to touch that title and McIntyre smacked him. Or smacked his hand away. Basically gave this like a warning. Lee wouldn't move his hand, so McIntyre punched him in the face. Lee tackled him, which led to a brawl, and eventually officials broke it up, and we go to Raw Underground. Strowman took on some guy before knocking down Moss again. Titus O'Neil, who begged to get in here, jumped in, and they said, oh, the big man took down the big man. Talk about Titus taking down Strowman, but literally, Titus went after Strowman and both kind of just slipped and fell down. Shane then had an official step in as Strowman was beating the crap out of Titus. We then have Kevin Owens versus Aleister Black. I actually didn't get a time for this one. Black attacked Owens from behind to start the match. They went to a break pretty quickly. When they returned, Owens was fine, even though it looked like he was knocked out before. And Black began targeting the leg. Black applied a knee bar. And Owens really sold this knee bar a couple times like he was going to tap. like. Two or three times, I'm like, he's going to tap. He's going to tap. And then he got to the rope break. Owens came back with a super kick before falling back down. Owens couldn't stand. So Black got ready for a Black Mass. However, there was a distraction. The lights flickered. Owens then gave him a stunner and picked up the pinfall victory off of it. Retribution strikes again with the whole lights flickering thing. And Kevin Owens musters up just enough just enough, just enough offense to defeat Aleister Black. MVP wondered if somebody was going to do something about all these damn lights, and Cole goes, wait, didn't, didn't you guys offer to help? Why don't you guys help with Retribution? Lee, in the back, found McIntyre again, and the two just kept on brawling until Pierce finally broke it up. Bruce then threatened to basically just cancel the entire WWE title match altogether at Clash of Champions if these two can't can't condone their action. Not the right word there. Can't can't quit fighting, I'll just say. A porky pig did right there. I know there's a a bigger word that he said, but I can't remember. Uh, I think Pierce should have made a rule. No outside interference in this match. And no touching each other. No, no touching anybody. No, no Orton, no Lee, no Drew until the pay-per-view. But he didn't. We then get a minute and a half at most tag team match. It was the Riot Squad against Natty and Lana. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler were on commentary. They def- uh, it was announced, which was actually announced earlier in the day. They would be defending their tag team titles at Night of... Night of no, not Night of Champions anymore. 
Clash of Champions against the Riot Squad. The Ruby and uh, Liv won. Morgan gave Lana a modified code breaker, and Ruby followed up the Riot Kick. Again, match went maybe 90 seconds at most. After the match, Baszler grabbed uh, Natalia and chucked her into the ring post. Jax then gave Lana a Simone drop through the table, and the Riot Squad looked very, very scared and concerned at the top of the ramp watching this all go down. Raw Underground again. Roman took out some dude before he was challenged again by Riddick Moss. Roman immediately knocked him down the right hand, and Ziggler jumped in with a uh, chop to the back of the knee. They double-teamed on Strowman. Strowman then beat them both down. Dabakato would get in and step to Braun Strowman. Shane got excited, but said, no, 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 we're going to see this next week. Well, I'm not sure if this fight is going to actually happen next week on Raw Underground, but that's the impression that they gave. The Shane didn't want this match to just happen now. He wants to give them time to prepare so they can fight each other next week. Then we go to our main event. Non-title match, Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee. And another fucking Keith Lee match with no real finish. Cole said that there would be an ambulance match the Clash of Champions for the title regardless um, if it's Orton or Lee. And I'm like, really? Okay, cool. So Lee booted McIntyre in his injured jaw before knocking him out of the ring. And my first thought was, oh, that's got to be it for Drew. Drew said one more nice shot to the jaw and I'm done. But it wasn't. It wasn't. Cole said Lee was in control 35 seconds into the match and then we went to a break. Lee hit him again in the jaw, but McIntyre fought back and did an impressive belly-to-belly suplex, followed by a flying clothesline. Lee blocked a DDT, but McIntyre hit a spine buster for a two. Lee came back at the clothesline for a two again. They then fought on the turnbuckle, and Lee nailed a superplex off the second rope for a two. After McIntyre slipped out of a spirit bomb attempt, they collided in a crossbody attempt. As they got to their feet, Retribution would appear. Like, at least a dozen guys here. And this led to McIntyre and Keith Lee being attacked and causing, well, a no-contest finish. Retribution beat up both guys before the Hurt Business was make their way down to the ring. They marched down to the ring and brawled with Retribution. The show ended with McIntyre and Keith Lee both doing dives to the outside. Keith Lee with his flip dive over the top, McIntyre with a dive as well, knocking down everybody at ringside. Keith Lee, McIntyre got to their feet barely they looked at each other like, oh, fuck, man. And then the show just goes off the air. And that was Raw. A very lackluster show. I guess, I guess the only news thing wasn't just Strowman being there, but I guess that it's an ambulance match now for the WWE Championship. So the WWE title match, the Clash of Champions, is also an ambulance match, regardless if it's Drew versus, uh, Drew versus Lee or Drew versus Orton. Okay. To be honest, I thought the show was okay at best, and if I had to give it a rating, I'll be generous and give it a 6 because I really like Seth versus Dominic in the cage. But with that, if you guys want to be part of tonight's show, you can do so by texting in to 510-906-1341. Again, that number is 510-906-1341. The number is in the live chat and rolling across the screen here periodically. Right there, right now. First text message says, two questions. One, do you believe Raw should go just two hours and then three hours? Yes, 100%. 
and Raw is just too long in my opinion. And what has Dominic ever done to Vince to have him get screwed by Rollins? I wouldn't say he was screwed by Rollins. What do you mean by screwed? Like, that's not the definition of screwed. He got beat by Rollins. But as we've seen, Dominic gets beat by Rollins, and he does get that win back. He's, he's, we've already seen that. So maybe he's going to get that win back somehow. But two-hour Raw would be a lot better. Versus says, do you, think Smack, uh, do you think on SmackDown for Otis, Tucker, Miz, and Morrison's storyline that either a Clash of Champions or Hell in a Cell, Otis versus Miz or Morrison will happen with the stipulation, whoever wins is Mr. Money in the Bank. There's a chance, but I don't know if Otis is that dumb to put his Money in the Bank title on the, uh, contract on the line. Versus says, do you think Sasha moves to Raw in the draft? I did before they said she was coming back next or this week. Now, no, because I believe the draft will happen before Hell in a Cell, and they're gonna. I'm 99% sure it's Sasha versus Bailey inside Hell in a Cell. And this person says, do you think Joe will leave for AEW? I heard Jericho really likes him and wants him in. I honestly have no clue because I don't know his contract status. He's missed a lot of time over the last year. so They can add all that time back on. But again, I don't know his contract status, when his original end date was going to be. And so I have no clue. There, there's at least five to six months they can add to Joe's contract, really. Well, not that much because he did the commentary to make up for it. So maybe there's like four months maybe they can add to his contract, though. And this person says, are we getting another heel turn from, a knee, from either Drew or Keith Lee? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's a heel turn. I think, it, I think this is good booking of two baby faces just both wanting to fight for the title. One's the champion and one wants to be that number one contender. I know WWE a lot of times is heels versus baby faces and they don't really differentiate from that and really go off of that a lot. But I do like every so often doing the whole, hey, a baby face can challenge a baby face for the world title if he really wants the title that bad. If he's really that worthy of a shot. So I don't mind it being a baby face versus baby face. If we do get Drew versus Keith Lee. This person says, do you see Buddy teaming with Seth and joining, uh, turning on Seth and joining the Mysterios? Maybe. Or maybe Aaliyah screws her family. You never know. Maybe Seth's little, maybe she's going to be better than him. Was him knowing that Aaliyah is really on his side and not the side of her family. Just saying. With that, guys, that's going to do it for tonight's Monday Night Raw review. I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash EW Unlimited. If you missed any part of this review, it will be up right here on Twitch as a video or on demand and up just a little bit later on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. You can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pro Wrestling ULTD. You can follow us on Instagram by searching for Pro Wrestling Unlimited and follow us on Twitter at PW Unlimited. And of course, you can follow me at Timmy Buddy. So with that, guys, have a great night and I will see you next time, possibly Wednesday, for the AEW NXT review. Have a good night, guys.